will have his due, but we say not today. Watch it all come around as I lay on the ground. Joffrey, Cersei, Dylan, Payne, the Hound. They all think I'm lost, but I know where I'm found. I'm the blood in the north when it all comes down. My word is my bond, and my bond is my word. Valar, the Harris, all men must serve. See as the raven flies, and time slips by. Valar, Morghulis, all men must die. Valar, Morghulis, children. What's happening? Are you are are you guys like sipping on your yoo-hoos like I am? Indeed. Definitely. Wow. Uh you you all are sipping on your yoo-hoos? I, I didn't I thought I was the only one drinking a yoo-hoo, but it's good <laughs> to see that uh it's it's the drink of choice here, guys. Um anyway, uh this is cast from Culturally Rock episode four. We are talking about the first three episodes of season six. And, uh, because obviously if you're listening to us and you, uh, should be well aware by now that we do a lot of spoilery type stuff, uh, this is not a recap show. God damn it. This is a show in which we talk about the goings on of Westeros and Esos and maybe a little Southeros too. Um, have, have I actually told you my guy, you guys, my theory about what this planet's called? Nope. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, since it's Westero, Westeros, Esos, Southeros, and I, I, I guess there's not really a Northros, but, um, I, I, I'm putting forward and if, even if it's not official, maybe we should just call the, the world of ice and fire. Os. O-S. <laughs> O-S. It's just Os. Os. Or is that is that too much like Oz? <laughs> I'll, throw in, so. All right, I'll throw in Alara. Or possibly Conum. Uh right. For a different anyway. Book. <laughs> uh oh. Oh, okay. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and get the show on the road so we can talk about some shit. Uh we are talking about season 6 episodes 1 through 3. The first episode was The Red Woman. The second episode was called Home and the first or the third rather was called Oathbreaker. Now gentlemen, we're not going to do the recap thing because people have watched and they're listening to us to provide maybe some comical but also thoughtful consideration of the characters on this show. So are you, are you, are y'all ready to jump into this? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Uh, of course, uh, I don't think we've identified yourselves ourselves uh, as of yet. So this is Buchacha. I am Jeff. That's me, Jim. Yeah. All right. Fuckers. (laughs) Um, guys, let's go ahead and start with the, the queen, Khaleesi, the Breaker of Chains, other such titles that she likes to throw out at people all the fucking time. Let's start with Daenerys, and of course, where where we have left off since uh, she hasn't really made a lot of progress since, I guess, the end of last season, where the Dothraki horde pick her up, and they're taking her back to Vos Dothrak, and where we left off with her last episode was she was stripped down... And um, she was told that the Kalasars and various cows have to come to a determination about what her fate is going to be. And she's, um, and she's and still it, refusing to be the gratuitous nudity. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, she's not Carice Van Houten, where like we get to see her boobs every week, every week. There for a while, Whatever. almost. <laughs> Say what? There for a while, we almost got to see them every week. Yeah, they're they're there a lot. Like oh, um, the good old days. <sighs> the good old days. Well, I'm sure we'll see them some more. Uh, anyway, all right. So, uh, <clears throat> gentlemen, what are we thinking here? We 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 got some Daenerys, and her her fate seems uncertain. Or does it? What are we thinking? Well, yeah, the preview showed a kind of a, a trial. Uh, at first, I thought it was, uh, you know, the the in still in there with the women. But then I paused it, and the, the preview it was not the Dosh Kaleen. Uh, it was she was surrounded by like a half circle of men. Uh, maybe okay. the maybe maybe the punishment for not returning to the Dosh Kaleen is death or Bukaki. Uh- and- <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say her punishment is Bukaki? Yeah, she has to submit you know, death or Bukaki. Um, Surrounded by a circle of men on a little raised platform. Haven't you ever oh seen those my, movies? Uh, <laughs> and would bu- that be Bukaki is not my thing, Jeffrey. And would that be better or worse than eating an entire raw and bloody horse heart like she had to? Um. Oh shit. Yeah. I. I, I guess I'd rather take the horse heart. Honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> not. Not my thing. Not my thing. Okay. Now. Now that we've demeaned utterly the the mother of dragons, uh, <laughs> do do we have any real ideas about where Daenerys is headed? Well, she looked pretty damn confident. She- in that in that clip, see you're you're referring to the, the preview, and I guess I missed that little part entire. I mean, I obviously I saw it several times, but I, I did not pause it. So congratulations on that. You you found it. Uh, <laughs> so she she really is going to get the uh, the talking to and the trial from the members of the Dothraki Kalasars, whatever. But like I said, she's like very th- calm, confident, and kind of smug. Well, she's always very poised. Yes. I, I, even when she looks royally fucked, she she seems poised. Yes. What do you think, Meacham? Uh, I think that I mean she's definitely planning something. Um, I kind of like the Ooh, theory. You think she's got a plan. I mean, besides her, obviously, just waiting to be rescued because that's what Daenerys does. But <sighs> okay, did you did you say she's waiting to get rescued? I think so. Man, no way. Are you talking <laughs> about like waiting for, for like Drogon? No, not for Drogon. For I mean, she's leaving clues as to where she's going. Like along the way, surely she, ha- she has to understand. And I think just the way her character is written in the books and in the show is that she has to know, like she. I don't think she expects to be rescued. Uh, I mean, she might like psychically call for Drogon, like we saw at the end of season five when she was in the uh, arena. Uh, you know, she might have the upper sleeve, but like, do you think she has a plan other than just like, hey, I'm gonna yeah. call my dragon? And yeah, sick I, think, I think she's like I said. I think she's thinking of things as well. I like the idea that she's like gonna try to get the Dashkalin on her side and you know, okay, okay, take over the Dothraki J- horde. Jeffrey, um, do you have anything to add to that? Well, like he he said something about the Dash Colleen. 
none of the Dashkaleen seem happy. <laughs> like, at all. That she was there. Are you talking about that she was there? In general. They all seem like, this is, oh. you know, I expected to rule by Michael's side, you know, and conquer the world. And so I expected they're, they're all me. sitting around like they're in a Lars Van Trier movie? Like, they're just like, oh, God, this sucks. Can we... Maybe she can help us. Maybe they'll come to that conclusion. And they'll, maybe, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's throw this out here then. Um, Meacham, uh, how many times have you read the books? Just one. Just one to each? <clears throat> yeah, just one. And Jeffrey, you've, you've read one to each, right? Yep. All right. And, and me as well. Although I'm really, st- I'm really tempted like if I know that Germ is going to be dropping Winds of Winter soon, I would probably be inclined to go back through him. But right now, I'm just like, did you call him? He might never finish. Did you call him Germ? Never heard that. I'm calling him Germ. That's his dragon name. He took a Facebook quiz. <laughs> that's George R. R. Martin for anyone who is might be wondering. Uh the guy who writes the show. Right. Or writes the books. Anyway. Um yeah, if you were actually to drop the the new novel, I might be more inclined to go back through it. But Jeff, you're you're the most recent person to have read it. Mm-hmm. Um and of course if you think back to season two, uh this is actually what we're gonna refer to is the prophecies or visions that Daenerys saw while in the Temple of the Undying in Karth. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey, do you remember anything about that? Some. Okay. Well, um, this actually goes back to also her meeting with Quaith. Also, it's either the same episode. Meacham, do you, know, do you remember if that's the same episode or if it's like the preceding episode where she meets Quaith? Is that the one with the covered sure. face? Yes, that's yeah. the one with the covered face. Yeah, and it look and if if anybody notices, Quaith is that character with the weird shit over her face, like a mask kind of. But they're all in the hexagonal pattern. But it's the mm-hmm. same hexagonal pattern that we see uh, Thoris of Mer wear, and the same hexagonal pattern that we saw on Melisandre's special magic. Non-sagging oh. boobs necklace. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. the the red priesthood all have these hexagonal, I guess, symbology, and it makes me want to look into some of the the uh, <clears throat> academic influence for why that is. But in the meantime, uh, when she was having the conversation with Quaith in the books, she says to Daenerys that in order to go forward, she has to go back. Were those words actually echoed in the episode of season two? Well, wait, do you mean, do you mean, does it seem like she's following that logic? Is that what you mean? Well, no, I'm, I'm asking, do you guys remember if Quaith said those words to her in the actual show? Um, I don't know, but you, no, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, in the book, right. she, well, she said you have to go, go back to go forward. You have to go east to go west, you know, stuff okay. like that. And which she did. Yeah, right, right, right. She went east and she um, wants to go west. So I'm very reticent because it really, it really seems like the show, you know, D and D, are 
trying to get the show wrapped up and we're, we're ramping up to a conclusion. And they said, you know, recently that there's only 13 episodes left. Oh, it sounds uh, so sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're saying one, you know, one season will be seven or eight episodes and the next will be six or seven episodes, whatever. Um, I'm really wondering if they're adhering to much of what's in the books anymore, but the fact that they did include parts of the visions and the temple of the undying is a little bit of an indication of what's to come. So if we're going to tie a little bit about what's going on with, with Daenerys to going back to Vastothrak, uh, I think this is the only thing that makes sense about her going back to go forward. Meacham, what do you think? I mean, I also think that they, I don't think that they thought that the the book would like, or the show would surpass the books maybe this quickly. So maybe they showed a lot of stuff earlier on planning, you know, not to have to make it all up. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what do you mean? <laughs> specifically, are you thinking of anything? Maybe not specifically. Like maybe, um, okay. maybe cutting, uh, Lady Stoneheart was like a, uh, but then maybe that's just one example of, yeah, you know, maybe they had planned on bringing I someone think, else back. I think that's more editorial. They're just trying to like remove too many dead people walking around. Yeah, it's true. I just too. wonder if they're if they're taking the script to George R. R. Martin or Germ, and he looks at it and goes, "Close enough." Germ. <laughs> Close um, enough. You, I I think he. I mean, he's told them the basics. I'm sure. And so they, they, I think he's probably like got a three-page outline he gave them to sort of use as the guide, and that's what they're going by, and they're just filling in the details. But you go back to the season two thing with the Vice Dothrak, or Vice Dothrak, with uh, Karth and the Temple of the Undying, uh, we did have the, the glimpse of like Rhaegar and the prince that was promised, although you, we didn't necessarily know that's what it was until you know later. I really um, need to go back and watch that again. But there's also this theory floating around, and then I guess that's what we're here to talk about, is that um, in the this vision of the Temple of the Undying, it says beneath, it, the words, Beneath the mother of mountains, a line of naked crones crept from a great lake and knelt shivering before her, their gray heads bowed, hmm. as in, in, you know, in, in deference and reverence to Khaleesi here. And in... So, in Vase Dothrak, isn't there a holy mountain and a lake? It, yeah, that that's it. There is a holy mountain uh, next to it, and of course, there's a lake there. Yeah. So the uh, you know this theory is basically positing that the Dothraki are going to be lining up behind Daenerys, and uh, th- that would be a, an excellent way to end some conflicts in the slave cities. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be able to hit the other cities without leaving uh, Marine defenseless. Yeah, just the. I guess the only beef I had, like, I like the idea. I, I like the idea of even some parts of the Dothraki following her. It's just like what what would precipitate that? What would coerce them into getting in line behind Daenerys? Is it going to be the dragons? I mean, well, is that the one thing that they, your- that she has? In your outline, you you have uh, where's Drogon, and I put probably yeah. probably eating some of the Kalisars that are on their way to Vos Vase Dothrak. He's you know what else is there to eat? He's probably eating 
some of the people that are still heading there. And so when they get well, there, maybe. so when they get there, it's like, there's this beast following me. Oh yeah. He's mine. Bow now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I mean, I definitely think Drogon is going to show up eventually. And here's the other thing. I don't necessarily think that Viserion and Rag is it Rhaegon is the other dragon? Rhaegal. Rhaegal. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be hanging out. I mean, Tyrion freed them, at least underneath the pyramid. I are we to understand that they're about to get free from the pyramid from underneath entirely? Because if I don't know. Daenerys has all three almost, you know, full-grown uh, dragons show up at Vice Dothrak, she's going to fuck some shit up. Well, and in the book, isn't she purposely going to Vice Dothrak on Drogon? Yeah, she, she's, she's, she's very acquiescent in, in my understanding of the text, whereas she's not going to fight it. She's just going to go along with it. She's definitely, you know, giving heed to Quaith's words about going backward to go forward that kind of thing uh so like in her mind this is what's supposed to happen and you know i i think the uh the dragon idea she could definitely do some things now to go with what meacham was saying though as far as waiting around being rescued uh according to the preview that we saw for this next episode which is called the book of the stranger uh, it looks like Dario and Jor are going to try to do a little prison break. What'd you guys think? Yeah, that's what it looked like. How the hell are they going to get in? They're they're so obviously not Dothraki. I don't know. Um, I mean, is no nobody's going to notice these two like Anglo white guys walking in. Maybe every Dothraki's you know drunken fucking. I don't know. <laughs> um, dude, it's it's Dario yeah. Nahalas. I mean, he's just gonna do it's it. It's what? It's Dario Nahalas. But it's also it's also forbidden to spill blood within the city. So, like, oh. if they were to kill anybody inside the city, then I mean, they're gonna get they're like instantly blacklisted. They're fucked. Mm. That's true. That's true. Um, and so the only outcome I really see of this is it has to be dragon related. Can you still strangle someone as long as they don't bleed? Um. Well, I mean that Cal Drogo did yeah. pour some molten gold over Viserys's head in, <laughs> inside. Yeah. So there are some loopholes. <laughs> but but strangulation. I mean, I've never killed someone that I'm admitting to. Uh, but it uh, imagine it takes a little more time than what you see in the movies. Um, like you, yeah. you, you can't just like go up to somebody, whack them on the head, knock them out, and like strangle them to death. Like that, that's not going to work in infiltrating a city with, you know, upwards of a hundred thousand people chilling oh, out, hanging I, around, wait, I, waiting to fuck shit up. I know what you're talking about. It bugs me where they they strangle them and they wake up like five hours later. It's like no, no. If you strangle someone and they don't wake up like almost immediately, it means they've stopped breathing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, all right. Do we, have, do we have anything else to say about this Daenerys bit? Any any other theories you guys have come across, or any of your own theories, perhaps? Um, I think the dragons are the most um, possible savior. I think they're actually going to save uh, um, Dario and Jorah 
and her. Yeah, okay, that's that's actually what I'm thinking too. Me too when he got Dragons. Go dragons. Okay. Awesome. Let's go ahead and move down down the continent of Esos on the planet of Os. Uh, and talk about some Tyrion, some Varys, some Missande, and Grey Worm chilling out in the hood of Marine. Um, so what do you think, guys? Um, the whole sequence. Uh, okay, well, first of all, let's go ahead and establish the storyline where we're at the first three episodes. Um, not a lot going on. Viserys is... Viserys, I keep calling Viserys. Varys is trying to, you know, root out the sons of the harpy, which in this past episode he kind of did. Uh, and of course in episode two, which was a phenomenal fucking episode. Uh, it's got, you know, it's gotten a lot of good, good talk, but the part where Tyrion approaches the dragons, uh, I, I love the part that he was getting. I mean, of course, he's been liquored up now for an entire season for the most part, but he was getting liquored up beforehand, uh, and, he goes and he approaches the dragons to take the chains off. And I love that little bit before he went down there with Varys about how dragons are very intelligent animals, perhaps even more intelligent than, than man. And he goes down there and he's like, Hey, I'm your mom's friend. And I'm just here to like, you know, let you guys go. And the first dragon lets him take off the, the collar and then the other dragon's like, oh, yeah, hey, you can do that for me, too. And then they just yeah, kind of go too, recede too. back into the darkness like it wasn't a big deal. He goes back up the steps, and he's like, hey, Varys, if I get that idea again, just punch me in the face. <laughs> uh, so I don't think Tyrion is any is in any big hurry to re-approach the dragons. So the question is, guys, there has been a long-standing theory that uh, goes back to also the House of the Undying and <clears throat> Quaith and uh, House of the Undying. I think it was Rhaegar who says in the vision, in the books at least, that the dragon has three heads. And so there's been all sorts of ideas like, oh, it's Tyrion, it's Jon, and it's Daenerys riding the three, dra- the three dragons. And there's all sorts of little conspiracy theories about how Tyrion's mother was raped by Aerys, Mad King Aerys. Well, um, did you read that all that? He's actually a Targaryen. I, yeah, did you read all that that I sent you? I did. Um, yeah, let me S- read. Say your piece, sir. Let me read that. Uh, you know, is is he a Tar- Targaryen? There's a history of malformed stillbirths, maybe killed at birth due to being malformed, and the babies were described much the same as Tyrion. Magar Targaryen's children were described as monstrosities, misshapen, eyeless, limbless, or having parts of a man and woman both. The stillborn daughter of Princess uh, Ren... I can't say her name. Ringyar? Renyar? Renyar? Okay. Okay, let's go. Targaryen, uh, delivered during the Dance of the Dragons, was said to have been deformed in the extreme, a stillborn girl twisted and malformed with a hole in her chest where her heart should have been and a stubby scaled tail. Oberyn Martell accounts of hearing that the gods have cursed Tywin Lannister with a monstrous deformed child who was a hermaphrodite with claws and a pig's tail That's turned right. out to be an old wives tale. When Oberyn finally behold Tyrion for himself, Oberyn couldn't find any signs of a pigtail, lion's claw, or hermaphrodism. Instead, he simply saw a baby with a head slightly bigger than average and with misshapen green and black eyes. Add all that to the very, very implied infidelity of 
Tyrion's mother with King Aerys Targaryen, and there is a definite possibility that Tyrion could have Targaryen dragon blood. All right, Meacham, before I sound off, do you want to say anything about it? Or do you want me to just go off the handle? Because I'm about to go off the handle. Just go ahead. I'm about to, I'm going off the reservation. Okay, on one hand, I, I like the idea that there are the these couple secret Targaryens running around the world of Oz, the world of Ice and Fire, whatever, and are going to help bring the story to the conclusion. Because when it comes down to it, if my chips are down and you force me to pick a favorite character out of all of these guys, Tyrion is probably my number one. Yeah. Okay, so having said that, how would I feel about him just being one of these secret Targaryens? Like, I don't think I like that idea because, one, it gives him a leg up to destiny that I don't want. Like, I want Tyrion to kick ass, take names, because he's awesome, not because he's a Targaryen. I want him to get to where he's supposed to go by his wits and intelligence, which is what's pretty much gotten him thus far anyway, rather than the pull of destiny. Well, Daenerys' brother was a Targaryen. The, the pick of Dynasty. Say what? Daenerys' brother was a Targaryen. That didn't automatically make he kicked ass, though. No, but he was also a flaming bag of douche. <laughs> um, saying, just because you're tar- Targaryen doesn't mean you automatically are going to win. He still has to get there by his own merits. Right, right. So I don't think I would be disappointed with him being a Targaryen, but I don't think I, I'm really warm to the idea either. Meacham, what do you think? I really hope he's not a Targaryen. Because oh, so you're you're basically of the same mind. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that makes Tyrion or makes Tyrion's character so likable, or what makes Tyrion Tyrion, is his relationship with his father. And if, if they <laughs> yeah. put him through all of that and develop his character in such a way, and then at the very end say, "Oh, actually, it's not his dad," you know, his dad didn't like him because he yeah. literally wasn't his son, not because he was just. You know, and I, you know, people have a like the the information is there. Like you know, I think Martin has actually included these things, like what Jeff is saying, because he wants to pe- he wants people to wonder about it. But you know, one of the the arguments against it is like, oh, but he has the you know in the in the movie or the movie, in the books he has the you know the the Lannister blonde hair. But if you actually look at the family tree for Tyrion and um. Tywin and his mother. Do you guys remember the mother's name? Nope. Joanna. Joanna. That's right. Uh, Tywin and Joanna are cousins. So if Joanna's the mother, he still feasibly could have the blonde hair. It's just like, it's what Meacham was saying. I I don't want to believe that because I want things to happen of their own, you know, because of their own. I want Tyrion to be victorious of his own merits and not because of, you know, a, a plot device, if that makes sense. Uh, another theory I heard was that, uh, you know, the whole prima nocta stuff first night. Uh, right. That's true. Was, is that uh, it's not Tyrion that has Targaryen blood, but it's uh, Cersei and Jaime that have uh, 
uh, Tigerian blood, and that would mean that they Ooh. that both that both uh, Jamie and Tyrion killed their own father. Ooh, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I've read that as well, but uh, I actually find that to be less likely. I don't like that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on, guys. Uh, let, let's go back to what's going on with Marine here and Varys. Uh, Varys seems to have found the leader, or rather leaders, of the Sons of the Harpy. Are we satisfied with the show's answers? Yeah. I think uh, they probably have, you know, thanks to Vala, they probably have all the leaders of the Sons of the Harpy's names, at least the ones in the city. All right, Meacham, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... I would say so. I would say. I mean, all, all, all they said it was just the uh, the rich people in Yunkai and and Astapor, right? You, all right? you don't think there's anything else going on? You think that's it? You think they're telling us everything? I don't know. I mean, all, all my eggs were in the basket of of that girl being the harpy, so. <laughs> That's right. You said the <laughs> prostitute. Well, she she was kind of the local organizer. I mean, yeah. she's, she's she's the middle management of the Sons of the Harpies. Yeah, and, I and, and so. she's cashing in her her stock options, going to Pentos. Uh, anyway, okay, okay. I I don't necessarily think that that's it. I don't think that's the whole story. Uh, I don't necessarily think that she would have reason to sell out everyone or everything. I also, and what even more convincing is I don't think she knew everything. If, she, if she's a middle management, I don't think she knows who the real leaders are. And I don't think she knows who's directing the assassination attempts and the, the efforts against Daenerys. Uh, having said that, I don't know if we've actually met the person who is, and that could be something later on. But if there's only 13 episodes left after the season, we have what seven episodes left of the season, and then 13 episodes left of the show. So that gives us 20 total. Do we think Daenerys has time to fuck around with the slave masters of Yunkai, Astapor, Volantis, and Marine? Maybe they'll just do uh, a cut to burned cities. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's going to be the long, the, you know, the the short route. Uh, whether or not they're trying to get rid of some plot stuff, whatever. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're our storylines are all cooking and fucking around anymore in the slave cities is just not going to work for what she has to allotted. Get, yeah, she has to get to Westeros. Jesus Christ. Yeah, which we, and that's the other thing we saw at the end of, was it the end of episode one? The, the harbor burning. Um, but then again, in the last episode, Varys was like, hey, I'm going to send you on a ship to Pentos. So there are still ships around. It's yeah. just maybe not enough to carry an invading force. And like we were talking about with the whole Dothraki thing, uh, they're shit for riding across the sea anyway. Well, perhaps so Daenerys will fly over. Show her dragons and go, hey, get your ships. You're coming with me to Ooh, some group maybe, of people. Maybe. All right. Um, anything else we want to say about the uh, Marine storyline before we move along? It has to end here in two or three episodes. <laughs> I, I think uh, narratively in the books and in the show, we're just like, okay, we've, we've, we've all kind of stalled out. Let's, let's get this ball rolling. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. 
well, okay, gentlemen, but ladies and gentlemen who may be listening, uh, let's go ahead and, and move on over to Bravos, still on the continent of Esos. So I want you to go through your Game of Thrones intro map where we're you know flying through the air on our little toy map or whatever. Uh, we're, we're at the city of Bravos, and we're here to talk about some Arya. Guys! Arya started off the season begging and getting the shit kicked out of her. Yep. And um, that was episodes one, two, and most of three. And then all of a sudden, are you ready for it? Going to need a montage. You're Going the need best a montage. Around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. You're the best. Ooh, you went for Karate Kid. Maybe I like that better. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, <clears throat> So, guys, uh, we, we have the Aria training montage. We have apparently what was a pop quiz. Who are, or who are you? And a girl does not know. Or a girl is one, no one, even though she's sort of giving her life story at the same time. Uh, what did you guys think about that part where the wave smacks her when, she, when she's asked how many brothers she has? That would, mean that, she, that would mean that she doesn't really think John's her brother, which I think she really thinks John's her brother. Uh, well, she, you know, a moment after she's like, oh, she's a, he's a half brother, which I guess semantically speaking is true. Not a, not a full brother, but she usually doesn't um, think of him that way. So why would that tell us? Yeah, a lie? Why would that have told us a lie on her face? But do you do you not think that this is a weird sort of way of acknowledging that maybe he's even not though, a Stark? Even if Arya isn't quite sure of it, the, you know, yeah, you know, we're giving way to some something supernatural, of course, in the in the Temple of Black and White. Anyway, the faceless uh, guy knows. Yeah, do you think do you think the waif knows that when she says four brothers, that in fact John is not her brother, just somehow supernaturally could be. Could be. I, I did wonder about it's possible. that. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know if you guys caught that or not. Um, anyway, so we, we got the montage, Karate Kid style or Team America style, whatever, whichever you prefer. Um, where, okay, that's pretty much it. That's been her storyline. We, we edited out the entire thing about warging that's in the books about how she's cat of the canal canals. She can see through the eyes of a cat, yada, yada. Like that's not in here. She's already got her eyesight back. She, in order to have not died from drinking, this is my, my take on it guys. In order to have not died drinking the water from the fountain that chicken Hagar had given her, she had, she's, she's a full on believer. Yes. She is no one. She, she's, and I was telling my wife this the other day when we were watching. It's like she's brainwashed. This, this yep. is the end of the brainwashing. But I think that, that, something, that water is washing her brain clean. What? I think something's going to happen to snap her out of her brainwashed state. Ah, maybe Nymeria. I have my own theory since, about that. I have. Yeah, uh, here are my theories. Maybe Nymeria sensing the death of Shaggy Dog. It could be Bran, Bran contacting her through the werewoods, or perhaps Ooh. she perhaps she hears rumors of John's death and subsequent resurrection. Ooh, Meacham, what do you think? It's possible. I, I like the idea that she may be able to like, have a dream as Nymeria, and she like sensed uh, Shaggy Dog's death, or or that she heard of John's resurrection. That's pretty interesting. All right, guys. I have my own personal theory about this. Are you ready? 
Yes. I did not, I did not, I do not get on Reddit, although I do check, you know, I'll check Game of Thrones news and get alerts on it on my phone or whatever. And so, you know, I'm up on stuff, but I have not heard anybody else talk about this. Uh, so I can't be blamed for stealing somebody's ideas. But well, yeah, those were just off the top of my head, too. True. I didn't, I didn't steal. All right, um, guys, the Temple of Black and White, or the House of Black and White, rather, is meant to be essentially an assassin's guild, correct? Correct. Okay. So, with Arya having given herself over in service to the Faceless God, she needs to take a contract. What if her first contract, as no one, is to assassinate the Queen of Marine? Oh. So, what if Arya travels to Marine while, you know, by the time she gets there, let's assume that Daenerys is back... And she is able to, like, see Tyrion, see Daenerys, hear what they have to say, and she decides to throw off the mantle of no one and become Arya Stark once more. Well, or what would be more dramatic is she's uh, sent to kill John, or, you know, that's a possibility. Yeah, something like that, too. Um and I think there are very various ways of going about it, but I'm going to go back to that whole thing about the dragon has three heads. Like, I don't think that necessarily means that the people who ride the three dragons are Targaryens. Do you? Not necessarily, um, especially if they ha- if they do anything with the uh, at the king's moat with the dragon horn. True, because remember the dragon horn in in the books. There's this thing called the dragon horn, and if if it's blown, it can give a person the ability to control a dragon. However, but you don't want to you don't want to blow it yourself. You want to have somebody who works for you blow it because they yeah, die. Yeah, like they die. Whoever blows on it, <laughs> yeah, it, it burns out their lungs or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I, I we're we're gonna talk about the Iron Isles here in a minute, but uh, I don't think that they're gonna include that in the show. Although okay. it seems maybe a scenario for the books. Uh, but anyway, but like. What, what if the three riders of the dragon are Tyrion, Arya, and Daenerys? I would love to see Tyrion riding a dragon. I, I would love to see Tyrion and Arya running a dragon. I mean, even though she hasn't had the shit show that everybody, you know, a lot of the other characters have gone through, uh, to me, Arya's consistently been one of the strongest characters. Well, and both Tyrion and her have been kicked around a bit. Yeah. Yeah, nice definitely. To see them and so get a little muscle you behind them. Both of them returning to Westeros, riding a dragon, you know, leading a victorious army would be pretty badass. The the unification of House Stark, House Targaryen, and House Lannister. Ooh, now we're talking. People keep, people keep saying John, but. It might be Arya. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and move along. We got a lot to talk about yet, and we still haven't talked about some of the biggest moments, some of the most compelling moments thus far from season six, and that has to do with the guy we haven't seen in like a year and a half or two years or whatever the hell it's been. Uh, that's Bran. Yep. Hodor. And Willis. Mira. I mean, Hodor. Uh, and, of course, the, the three-eyed crow and... 
the children of the child of the forest who hangs out with the three-eyed raven uh whose name is leaf which we might refer to her later on for whatever reason um all right guys episode two we got the first vision of a real live breathing lana stark riding her horse in winterfell were, were, were you just as stoked about all that as I was? That was pretty cool. I was more stoked about Willis. Hodor. Oh, really? <laughs> that, the, the, the person Will- that Willis played. can't have baby Jon Snow's Jeffrey. Yeah, but he the actor who played him uh, as young Hodor was very convincing. I thought he did a damn good job. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, right, right on. Right on. All right. Meet you. <laughs> What do you think about about the the Winterfell vision? It was nice seeing Lyanna. It was kind of a I don't know. It was they kind of just it, it just happened. Like been having this build up uh, of, of Lyanna yeah. Stark this whole time, and then I, I, she just rides in. I definitely think they're they're doing some of the table setting. Uh, you know, we've had all these references to Lyanna in the past. Uh, you know, he had a lot of heavy-handed references in season five, and now finally we're getting the young Lyanna, who definitely seems like the person that we're led to believe just through the vision, and she also seems sort of kind when she approaches Willis rather than Hodor, yep. um, and tries to get him. To, you know, I, I love the whole little sequence between young, you know, little Benjamin and little Ned, uh, and there's that little. Illusion, and I, I don't like using the term Easter egg. Uh, there's the illusion of uh, Ned talking about holding his, you know, Benjamin, hold your shield up, or I'm going to ring in your head like a bell. And it was just the same thing that John had told Ollie when he was fighting with him at Castle Black uh, verbatim. So, so like, that was cool. He, he said that when he was teaching his sons, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, of you Benjamin, know, it was like. Speaking of Benjamin, I have heard a hypothesis that Benjamin was Cold Hands from the book. Ooh, Cold Hands is completely, utterly, totally persona non grata in the show. He does not exist. I don't think he will exist. I don't think they're going to do anything with Cold Hands in the show. Uh, Now, having said that, I... I don't actually think that Benjen is Cold Hands in the book either, just because there's there's one part where Cold Hands says that he's been alive for a very long time, and of course, if we're gonna figure out like, well, if you do if you go by book math, that and if Ned is in his late thirties, I think when he's executed in the books, Meacham, do you remember that? Uh, you said late thirties. That seems about right. Yeah, isn't isn't Ned late thirties when he's executed in the book? That seems about right because he was in his like young twenties when he went to war, right? Okay, okay, and so and it like makes me think years. that you know Benjamin might be mid thirties at best. Benjamin's not going to be, be he's not going to say at thirty five or thirty three or whatever that he's been around for you know many many years. Okay, um, just just I I just don't buy it anyway. Uh, yeah, but that's an inter- interesting thought. Thank you, Jeffrey. You're Let's welcome. go ahead and move it along to this Hodor business, guys. <laughs> Willis, we got to learn Hodor's 
given name. It's actually not the same in the book. So yet again, uh, we're, we're deviating a little bit. And we definitely, like, hope Willis was completely normal. Yeah, he was a stable boy. Uh, and we had we had the Nan jerking him by the ear to tell him to come back inside and get away from the fighting, uh, which was also kind of cool to see. But um, Willis was normal. He, he could speak. He, he seemed at least somewhat intelligent and kind uh, and not the Hodor that we've come to know and love. So, guys. I can't remember the theory key. time. Yeah. What? I can't remember What's the, the mystery name? of Hodor. Well, he got, didn't he get kicked in the head by a horse? What, no, it's never established. Like oh. it, it may, like in the books, it makes it seem like it, that could. I think it actually talks about like, oh, it could have been this, it could have been that. Um, but it never actually comes out and says anything about well, what happened to him or if he was born that way or whatever. Well, I can't remember uh, the condition, nobody, but that condition is real. That's a real me- that? medical condition where people will like – Instead of saying what I'm saying now, you know, saying the same exact sentence I just said, I would say, Hodor, 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 Hodor. Oh, And I would hear myself saying saying that. Uh, I wouldn't hear – I'd hear myself saying the words I intended to say. I heard this one guy. All he could say was tono. And tono, 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 tono. It was like, wow. Is that like the Pentecostals when they speak in tongues? Anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, or maybe it's more like if you ever watched that cartoon Chowder, uh, you have the character Schnitzel who's like, rattle, 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 rattle. <laughs> no? You, you guys are not Chowder fans? Come on, come on. Yeah, damn I have it. no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Doesn't Hodor have Ch- a scar on his, on, like, the, on his head? I don't think so. Okay. Not not in the show anyway. Oh, okay. Um all right, all right guys, let's go ahead. Uh Meacham, throw out your theory of Hodor. Uh I think you, you that make it your own personal one or you if you want to relay what has been going around the inter the intermagoogle, you can do that as well. Ah, I have no idea. Maybe maybe there was an instance where like when they were young, Lyanna was in trouble, and Mr. Willis, not Mr. Willis, but Willis, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. was just. <laughs> uh, he's, he was my third grade teacher, Mr. Willis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. But he maybe he, uh, he just didn't have the guts to stand up, and like maybe Bran went back and like watched this scene happen and ended up like warging into Willis for the first time, and it was just traumatic okay, so for that, him. That, that, that is one of the, the theories going out there right now that we've seen Bran warg into Hodor and he's able to do so pretty well because Hodor doesn't have much of a mind or much of a will. So what if he's in one of his visions and tries to warg into Willis in the past and that's what fucks his brain up? That, that's oh. what you're saying, right? Right. But can you like, okay. he's already warging like into the werewood. Is he not? So yeah, you're saying can, it's like a, a double warg. It's a, a double warg. Uh, a warg-ception. I agree. I, agree. And, and I, I don't. <laughs> it's called a warg-ception. Nice. We're trademarking that, goddammit. That's your thing. And you get credit, but I want dibs for blood, like trademarking purposes. <laughs> All right. 
Blood Raven seems to be really wants to impress the fact that these can't be changed. This can't be changed. It's, it's visions of the past. It's already done. Can't be changed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's right. And just from like a, a, a theoretical standpoint, butterfly effect, uh, you, you do, you, you can cause so much more damage by, you know, it's, it's the Jenga man. It's but you, you move one heard, little block. You're going to fuck the whole thing up. But Ned heard him. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I think we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, we'll we'll get to that in just a second. Um, so, it, does Bran cause him to become Hodor? What do you, what do you think, Jeff? You, you you got your own ideas about this? I think he probably takes a blow to the head at some point. Okay, so you're thinking something more practical, and I. I might tend to agree with that, and he, and he might take a blow to the head. The other theory is cool. Lyanna. The other theory is cool, though. Uh, well, war exception. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> may, may, maybe. Um, I, I, I think you're probably closer to it. I think he might have taken a blow to the head for Lyanna, like knocked her out of the way. What you know, something like that to sort of make him more of a, no, a noble cause um or some of the other stuff i've seen going around is like what what if willis saw something what what if he witnessed something that frightened him so badly that he's you know been frightened to the into this condition that jeff has referred to uh where you think you're you're speaking but really you're just saying hodor over and over again um that like I, I like the like I, I dig that idea and I spent like one of the things I've read is that he goes he sees something in the crypts of Winterfell and I really like the idea of that in the books but I just don't think that I don't think the show as as much as I would like them to I just don't think the show is going to do anything with what mystery lies beneath the crypts of Winterfell uh, do you? Or, I don't know. Maybe he was he was gifted with some kind of sacred knowledge, but cursed to like never be able to communicate it. Oh, <laughs> that's very that's that's actually pretty damn good. I like that idea. Or do you think they're what just going to leave? Might be I don't know. Do you think they? Or do you think they're just going to leave it a mystery? Hodor is Hodor, and that's Hodor. No, no. I think I think they're definitely they're setting that up to be answered. So good, there, there is good. going to be an answer. It's just, what the fuck is it? I don't know. All right, guys. Bran. Is there anything we could say about Bran? Because I know we need to move the show along. Um, one of the theories out there is that he, in fact, uh, does cause the events occurring in the the world of Ice and Fire through his intervention or his uh, ineptitude with the uh, visions. And that he tries to re- the, you know, the theory I read that he tries to reason with Mad King Eris and save his grandfather and his uncle Brandon and you know just ends up making things worse and Eris thinks he's crazier, uh, which makes him you know further go down the spiral. Uh, kind of dig that idea, but then again, not really. What do you guys think? I don't like that. Uh, meet him. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting, but. Blood Raven showing him all the stuff. Like it seems like he has yeah. a plan as to what he's showing him. Everything, so. right? That I guess that's what I'm getting to. Is when he comes back from the Tower of Joy Vision Part One, which I'll talk about to a second. Uh, 
he says, you, you're, you're going to leave. You're going to get out of here. And he's like, when? He's like, when you learn everything. And so I think we're, you know, we're getting the answers that we've been waiting for for a long time with the R plus L equals J. Um, and then, of course, I think we're, we're getting set up to actually learn a, a lot more. And Isaac Hempstead Wright, the kid who plays Bran, uh, was actually interviewed – I think of the Hollywood Reporter and, and just dropped, I think, today uh, about, you know, the uh, essence of what this interview is. And he uh, he basically says that what's coming, I mean, on one hand, he could be sort of clueless to how many how much people are really, you know, chafing. Uh, about getting an answer to the R plus L equals J thing. But on the other hand, this is what he says, something to the effect of uh, what you're going to get is going to you know blow everybody's minds. It's not going to be what you ex- necessarily what you expected. And there's a lot more information than what you think there is, was the, the basic effect of what he's saying. Now, what I'm curious about is how is he going to see through the weirwood up inside the tower? Okay, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting to. Oh wait, I found the quote. Every single vision you're learning something new, and you're seeing a real bombshell. Wright said, "Every time it's like, oh wow, that's extraordinary." There are a couple of visions coming up that I'm really quite excited to see. Dun dun dun. Hmm. Well, each one has been pretty damn cool thus far. Um. Yeah, all right. So the Tower Tower of Joy guys, uh we 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 heard the rumors about it when they started filming the season. Uh what'd you guys think of Tower of Joy Part 1? And hopefully we're getting a Tower of Joy Part 2 and not a, a Tower of Joy. If we get a Tower of Joy Part 3, I'm fucking going on strike. They they cannot split this up any further. All right? All right, good. <laughs> I thought it was sweet. Um, you thought what? So I thought it was pretty sweet, Mr. Ned Stark. Uh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I just love the exchange think- between Arthur Dane and Ned Stark. It begins now and no, now it ends. Oh, uh, it was great. Yeah, it was pretty good. Did you guys notice that uh, the actor they got to, to play young Ned reminds me of a uh, Neil Patrick Harris. I have heard that. Meacham had to leave for a prior engagement, but the show must go on. Bye, Meacham. I mean, like, it it, it sort of is like a cross between Neil Patrick Harris and the kid who plays Malcolm's older brother in Malcolm in the Middle. (laughs) I don't know. I Um, thought, all right, so... You know, the story of the morning guy... um, Oh, Arthur Dane. Arthur Sir Dane. Arthur Dane. Holy shit. Did that guy very, kick ass. I thought he was very like, honorable. I thought he was very honorable. All right, honorable. guys, let's, let's put it out there right now. Hashtag Arthur Dane prequels, prequel, okay? <laughs> uh, like, you know, people are like, oh, what will HBO do after they end Game of Thrones? I'm like, oh, I think that's the idea right there. That guy, that fight was the best hand-to-hand combat sequence I've seen in the show and the dude just seemed awesome. Yeah, you, you seem pretty good. Uh, um, but 
he's like he's but he told me he killed you know he killed him in single combat and you know his honorable thing was well, because yeah see he, in, in the books it, it doesn't go down like that so i'm just like eh. well Arthur, I, I don't necessarily like how they did that that part in the show they're kind of you know they're shutting up they're setting up ned to be uh, a little bit more dastardly than he is in the books i'm like eh. no i think he i, I think he told the lie to maintain the honor of both arthur dane and his friend that stabbed him in the neck because that was not an honorable way to kill yeah. somebody, nor was it an honorable death. Right. So I think he, yeah, said, he yeah. said, oh, you got to take off? Oh, uh, you, you got a bug. All right, uh, Meacham is checking out, ladies and gentlemen. Have fun, Meacham. You go do your thing. Jeffrey, we shall carry on the torch. Yes. All right. Um, bye, guy. Later, uh, Meacham. Bye, Meacham. And uh, okay, so Jeffrey, um, here we go. Uh, we hear a scream at the end of that sequence, and Howland Reed sort of kind of like wiping up his dagger, cleaning up a little bit. And then we have the part where Bran yells, "Dad, your know, father!" Um, as he's going up the steps. That's where it cuts off. Uh, so, Tower of Joy Part Two. Are we going to see? Lyanna in the in, in her pool of blood that we, we we know that she's supposed to be dying and making the, this promise to Ned uh, that we yet to find anything about. Okay, so is this the culmination of R plus L equals J, or is there more to it? Explain that saying. I've seen it everywhere, but explain it. So R plus L equals knows. J is that Rhaegar Targaryen, the eldest son of Mad King Aerys, who by all accounts was a super cool, awesome dude. Yep. Except. I guess not by all accounts is accurate because Robert Baratheon said he was a douche, but we all know that Robert Baratheon was a <laughs> kind real of a, kind douche. of a douche too. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I'm you know, like, oh, whatever. Anyway, is that he? And, you know, the it's just something that happens in in season five where Littlefinger is explaining to Sansa in the crypts of Winterfell about Lyanna having uh, the everybody you know they attended this tournament at Harrenhal. And when Rhaegar won the tournament, instead of giving this, uh, it was a crown of blue roses uh, to his wife, Elia Martell, he rides past her and gives it to Lyanna Stark. A uh, short time later, he quote unquote kidnaps her and rapes her. Uh, although, by all indications, that doesn't seem like something Rhaegar would have done. So the yeah, I heard some people that we've been, yeah say that she fell in love with him, and he fell yeah, in love exactly. with her. That, it was, that it was this mutual. is something that uh, yeah, that's mutual. And the question is, I mean, Targaryens can are, can have multiple wives. Do you think that Rhaegar and Lyanna? actually had some sort of ceremony i don't know but there's the definite possibility that she wasn't as into robert as robert thought she was yeah that in fact yeah he she says some sort of negative things about him because of course that's what starts the war to begin with is that uh you know he basically sleeps with anything and he'll never he'll never stay true and so it does that does not sound like a woman who's very interested in robert Rather than uh, this Rhaegar, who's you know the heir to the throne, yada yada. So the whole and war started on false pretense. Ex- yeah, exactly. And so we were getting sort of the, these answers in the Tower of Joy about Lyanna being the mother of who would become known as Jon Snow, who in fact should be called Jon Targaryen. 
Yes. That's the okay. rumor. <laughs> so that, that's, that's the thing we're talking about. And the other thing I'm going to throw out there as for like a theory is, uh, there have been murmurings. Like what, what if this bombshell that, that even Isaac Hempstead writes talking about is that there's more than one baby. Howland Reed was present at the Tower of Joy. Could he have done the Obi-Wan and taken the other child? Oh. Possibly. So the, the idea is that Mira is, in fact, also John's twin sister and that she she is a secret Targaryen as well. I have what not do you think, heard Jeffrey? That. I have not heard that one, but she does kind of have that curly black hair like John does. She well, yeah, she does. She does. But other than she's that. not a she's not a green seer like her brother Jojen, and Jojen yeah, does look markedly different. Yeah, but not all the not all the Kranic were green seers. True. Um, also, uh, with Mira, I don't think Gurm has set this arc up in the story, in the books, at least. Like, I, I just don't see that one being true because he, he hasn't shown her enough deference to do so. There are no point of view chapters from Mira's perspective uh there, there's nothing really that shines about her to make me think that that would lend lend credence to that particular theory what do you think it, it sound when you said it it sounded a little ridiculous to me i did <laughs> i'm not gonna say it sounds utterly ridiculous but i think ridiculous is uh probably a good term for it. i don't think it is like i, I told you with the Tyrion thing i i don't i don't like the secret targaryens running around westeros or os or whatever like just like let shit be we when we we can fairly well tell that and we've we've done podcasts about it before. I think episode one of Cast from Culturally Rock, we we actually talked about how it has to. John has to be. I mean, he has to be the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. The only question is: Is he the bastard son or is he the legitimate son? Um, and if he is a bastard son, does that you know negate his claim on the throne, or does that legitimize his claim on the throne of Westeros? Um, what's what's see? Like I can't even remember her name. Right, uh, Mira, Mira. Mira, yeah. She does seem a very tertiary character. Yeah, exactly. She like she seems like she's there to support. She's not gonna be a secret Targaryen. I don't But having think said so. that, um all right, we're 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 kinda of saving John for last so we can come back to that. But uh anything else we wanna say about this before we move on? Um, no. I'm all right. Sansa, Brienne, Pod, and Theon. Oh, we we got episode one where they were on the run outside of of Winterfell. Well, outside of Winterfell, they crossed an icy w- river, and I think we it's safe to say that Theon experienced no shrinkage. Oh, uh, maybe maybe he has a little so, knob left that shrunk up. Uh, no, I, maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, poor Theon. Uh, and of course you have Brienne coming along and saving her fortuitously, saving them both. And Pod, Pod kind of held his own. Like he did all right for a guy who before that couldn't really fight very well. Yeah. And 
there's that cute, there's a really endearing scene where Brienne is swearing fealty to Sansa and Pod is kind of like helping her with the vow. I thought that was very, very sweet. And I, I it's one of my favorite scenes so far this season. And she looks uh, over, she be, looks over to Theon and he's like, yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Fucking do it already!" Um, like, no, it's a very sweet, sweet scene, and I love Brienne. I mean, she kicks ass. She's so genuine. Uh, I, I'm really digging the actress Gwendolyn Christie. I mean, I think it was a a travesty how underused she was in Force Awakens. God damn it! Yeah, yeah. Hashtag JJ, you done fucked up. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm I'm just making up hashtags today. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> hashtag making I, I, I up did, hashtags. Did, <laughs> hashtag making up hashtags. Uh, I did the same thing yesterday. Uh, although I think I think it was in relation to like I, I was rating burritos or like fake fake Mexican food, <laughs> and you know I'm like oh Tijuana Flats is king, followed by Moe's, followed by Qdoba, and Chipotle is on the bottom, man. Chipotle is on the bottom because they don't have fucking queso that makes them on the bottom. And uh, <laughs> so, and then I'm like, oh, wait, we do have Trump Tower. Apparently, they're at the top. Hashtag I, I love Hispanics. <laughs> Whatever. I got lost there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, did you not pay attention to the Cinco de Mayo thing with Donald Trump? Uh, No, no, I didn't. You've been under a rock. Okay, on Cinco de Mayo... Uh, which is a Mexican sort of Independence Day, but not necessarily Independence. Um, he tweeted him a picture of him eating a taco salad out of, you know, one of those shell bowl things um, and said, I love Trump Towers taco salads. They're the best. Hashtag I love Hispanics. <laughs> I'm sure ta- taco not, not salad like is. I love Mexicans. I mean, it was, it's just so funny. Like, yeah, fake Mexican, you know, fake Mexican. I love fake Mexican food. Yeah. And, and Hispanics. So it was just funny. Sorry. And Sorry, fake that Hispanics. Has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Getting us back on task. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Where, uh, as far as where we left off, Theon has parted ways. Brienne, Pod, and Sansa by conversation. Theon tells him to go to Winterfell where John is Lord Commander. He'll protect her, yada, yada. Nice um, watch. The B- Castle Black, you mean? Oh, not, did, I, not, did I say Winterfell? Yes, yeah, you did. Sorry. My my mistake. I meant Castle Black. Pa- okay. My apologies. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so I think from the preview of the next episode that we just watched after Oathbreaker, that that seems to be where they're where they're at. Did you get that impression? Well, at first, I, you know, I saw saw a video online where the guy was saying, "Oh, so they're going to the Vale," but then I remembered, you know, Robin was sent uh, to uh, River Run to train, right? Uh the Foster, right? Yeah, uh, so. I don't think he. I don't think that's in the preview. The same preview, Littlefinger's talking to one of the guys we saw in the Vale, one of the Lords of the Vale, uh, and Robin, who apparently grew like three feet in the yeah. last couple of years since we've seen him or whatever. Um, yeah, he, he. If I had to guess, he's still in the Vale, and because okay. because it, it's rocky, there's snow, and I think from the the other previews that we've gotten before the season started, uh, River Run is not. 
covered in snow yet as far as you know the idea of winter is coming uh so the i i think they're definitely in castle black because it drives with the previews where we saw sansa wearing well she comes to wear the you know the the stark sigil of the dire wolf and you know in one of the dresses she's wearing but also when davos is in the preview he's a apparently house mormont where you know Gior and Jora are from, and he's like, "Oh, the dead are coming." I think Sansa's with him, even though they did not indicate. Of course, that would have indicated too much in a preview. But I think Sansa's with him on Bear Island, and they're looking for help from from the Mormonts. So you don't to, think to come join the fight? So you don't think um, Brienne and Pod and Sansa are in River Run? I think they're going to get there eventually. Oh, okay. But the problem the problem is River Run is basically being isn't it in the books at least it's being held siege, right? By the phrase and yeah. Blackfish is inside. Yeah. Like may, maybe the Mormonts and them come into River Run and you know they're they're able to get rid of the phrase. I would love to see some comeuppance. I would love to see Walter Frey with a pike shove up his ass, whatever. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and there there's a one little scene where Pod Looks like he got he's getting grabbed from behind, but sort of in a friendly way. I've like people are like, oh, that's totally brawn. I would love, I would love for that to be brawn hanging yeah, out, with, you I, know, I, River I, Run. I miss him. He's so fucking funny. I know. I mean, he kind of <laughs> got ripped off with that that meh Dorn storyline, and hopefully, they're he and Jamie are up to some some fun stuff coming up. Because uh, really, Braun, he was in episode one. That was it. And uh, well, nah, we'll get to that in a second. But anyway, all right. So you think that Sansa and Brienne and Pod are going to be making the rounds to round up the troops for House Stark? Um, that would be cool. Maybe, maybe John. Maybe they. Maybe they meet up with John, and John sends her on some missions. I think so. I think so. I like. I agree. I think that's part of it. And we, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment as well. Wait, but John goes, I, I, think I go here, here, here. You go there, there, there. And we'll meet. Right. And we'll fuck up Ramsey. <laughs> um, very, that could very well be the case. And I, I think that's going to be something like that. Even if, I mean, John can very well be with them uh, at Bear Island. Although it's just as likely, like what you said, that he's making his own rounds trying to bring people in. Uh, it definitely, like, it definitely seems like there's going to be a bromance between Torment and John. So we'll talk about that in a second. Oh yeah. That's so already I, I seems can, to start. I, I, already, I can see, I can see what it already started in the book, in the books. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can see Torment and John making their own rounds and then Davos and Sansa making their own rounds as well. Uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Okay, Jeffrey, before we move along to the iron Isles, then uh, we are going to save that for the next edition for cast from culturally rock five, uh, in which we will discuss the other members of the game of Thrones gang and, uh, talk about what, where they might be headed as well. This is Buchacha out. Jeffrey out. My watch is ended. Mm-hmm.